God is good and all the time. So this is meant to simulate the, uh, the regular living room that you would have at home, right? So this is just meant to kind of simulate the, the regular living room that you would be sitting in on a regular day, just kind of minding your own business. But let's, let's be real for a second, can we? I mean, can y'all be real with me today? Yeah, yeah, can you be real with me today? That's better. I feel feel better. <laughs> yeah, man, let's be real. Let's be real, right? Let's be real. And and so on a regular day, you know, maybe not everything's in its place. You know, maybe there's some unfolded laundry sitting around or maybe even some laundry that you've already folded maybe a couple of times. I mean, can anybody be real today? You folded it up a couple of times and then now all of a sudden it's not folded anymore. And how does that happen anyway? I mean, when you've got a couple of two-year-olds at the house, I'll tell you exactly how it happens. But say that you're sitting around on a regular day, and there's the, the hangers, man. The hangers are worse than the clothes, I think, man, the hangers. And, and there's, there's stuff, and you're sitting there, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there's somebody at the door. And ultimately, there's three responses that you could have. Ultimately, there's three responses that you have when you hear that noise, right? I mean, there's three different things. Like I said, let's just be real today. There's three different things that you might do based on your current situation. So when you're sitting in your room doing your normal thing and you hear that ding, oh, do that again, brother. Do it again. Hit it one more time. There you go. The first thing you might do is shh. Don't you dare move <laughs> until you kind of figure out who it is, right? Yeah, yeah, don't you dare move. And then the second thing that you might do when you hear that noise is this. Okay, let them in. Right? But then the third thing that you might do, depending on who it is, is just fling the door open, right? <laughs> Tell them to move some stuff over. Because, I mean, let's be honest, man. There's some people that before they come to your house, it's like a, yeah, man, that's good stuff. There's some folks that before they come to your house, it's like the queen's coming, right? And so, like, you invite some people over. But before they get there, you have to make sure that everything is spick and span. Everything's got to be put in its place. But not really in its place. Let's be honest. What it, where it goes is in a closet. Or like in a room that nobody's supposed to go in. Is there a room at the house that nobody's allowed to go in? Yeah. Come on. I mean, let's be real today. So you take it and you throw it in that spare bedroom, right? Or in that room that's your office, right? It's my office. And really, it's just a bunch of boxes. And like you throw all the stuff in there, and you get it ready for whoever to come over. And you've got to change the smell of the place, don't you? How many candle lighters do I have in here? Candle lighters? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. Hey, we're being real. Being real. You don't burn them candles when you get home from work. 
You just burn them candles when you know somebody's coming over. Because not only do you got to change how everything looks, you got to change how everything smells. Because you're having company. But then there's some other people that just roll over and don't even knock. There's some people that come to your house that are so familiar with you and, and, and with your life that they just come over and fling open the door and then they like move some stuff over. It's like, man, get this stuff out of my way. And they sit down on the couch. And you never pass a second thought about that. And so what I want to ask you today is who's actually welcome at your house? I mean, who's more welcome, the one that you roll the red carpet out for or the one that comes in the side door? I mean, who's more welcome at your house, the one that you have to hide the real parts of your life from? And then as soon as they leave, you're like, oh, thank God. And then you unhide all the things that you hid or the person that shows up right in the middle of your mess? Who's more welcome? And then, of course, I want to ask you this question. Which one is Jesus Christ in your life? Which one is Jesus I mean, is Jesus the one that, that when you hear him knocking, right, Revelation 3, right, I stand at the door and knock. I stand at the door and knock, and those that open, I'll come and dine with them and them with me, right? I mean, which one is Jesus, the one that stands at the door and knocks, and, and while Jesus is you're knocking, you're like, oh, no, it's Jesus. What are we going to do? And you begin to hide those parts of your life that seem too messy for him. I mean, is that Jesus? Or is Jesus the one in your life that just comes on in without knocking? Somebody say, no knock, Jesus. <laughs> I don't know about you, but that's the kind of Jesus that I want in my life. I want to no knock, Jesus. I want Jesus Christ to be welcome in my life, in my home, in my presence, wherever I am, no matter what I'm doing, no matter what's going on in my life. I want him to see the real me. I want Jesus to be the one that shows up, and I ain't got to hide nothing because he already knows I want Jesus to be the one that when he leaves, and praise God, hope he would never leave, but when he steps away, that I wouldn't have to unhide anything after he's left because he's already revealed everything. Somebody say amen. That's the kind of relationship that I want to have with Jesus. And so today, by the time we get to the end of this sermon, I hope that every one of us realizes the kind of relationship that we want to have with God. The kind of relationship that God wants to have with us. Would you stand with me for the reading of God's word today? I'm in the uh, book of Luke in chapter 10. It's going to be a, a, a very, very familiar story to most of us. Great, I lost my page. That's wonderful. Hey, this is real, right? This is the real me. I know where it is, though, so that's good. Be bad if it was one of those minor prophet books that I don't know where it is. <laughs> I'm trying to find it on the stage. Where is Amos again? You know, just looking for it. Anyway, this is what the Bible says in the book of Luke in chapter 10, starting verse 38. While they were traveling, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Did she? And she had a sister named Mary who also sat at the Lord's feet and was listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks, and she came up and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? So tell her to give me a hand. Wow. She's barking orders at Jesus now. That's great. 
tell her to give me a hand. The Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things. But one thing, somebody say one thing. One thing. Now I'll say one thing. one thing. But one thing is necessary. Mary has made the right choice and it will not be taken from her. Let us pray. Father, we pray that today we would get that one thing. God, help us get rid of the many things and just help us to focus and receive just the one thing, God. We've made it too hard. We made it too hard. Let us get back to the heart of worship, God. Let us get rid of all that other stuff and focus on the only thing that matters, and that, God, is you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's give him a shout of praise at the Way Church. Can we? Ah, oh, man. <laughs> oh, God is good, isn't he? That's right. That's right. All the time. All the time he's good. All the time he is so good. And I think sometimes we let the things of life distract us from that. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> Technology, man. You got to love it when it works. You know what I'm saying? And then when it doesn't, like, my Wi-Fi is off and it won't come on. That's fantastic. Oh, well, I don't need it anyway. Oh. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. And though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. But did you notice how this works? Like, before he leads us in paths of righteousness, he makes us lie down in green pastures. Before that we ever even take the first step into the valley of the shadow of death, he leads us beside still waters. Before we ever have that table in the presence of our enemies, he restores our soul. See, guys, presence comes before mission. And if you try to be on mission without first finding presence, then your mission is doomed to fail. It's doomed to fail. Too many of us want to go on mission, but we forgot about presence. You, 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 you can't do anything for God without God. You, you, you can't do anything on the outside. You're wasting your time. Man, if, if you don't have Jesus in your life, just get out of the kitchen. Somebody say amen. You're wasting your time. You're wasting your time. Man, the, the, the Bible says that, that they were in a certain town, and this lady named Martha welcomed them into her home. But did she really? I mean, did she really welcome them in? I know she did. She welcomed them in. But were they, the question is, were they really welcome? Were they really welcome? Because Jesus shows up and he, and he, he comes on in. And, and as he comes in, he, he sits down and, and then they offer him a seat. But then Martha goes crazy with the preparations, right? She goes crazy with the preparations. She's got to get everything just right for Jesus. She's trying to uh, maybe impress him a little bit. Trying to impress him a little bit. 
They're like, hey, Jesus is here. Jesus is here. And she's like, oh, gosh. Has he got those, uh, has he got those 12 guys with him, too? Has he got those 12 guys with him, too? Because when Jesus shows up, there in the New Testament, he never shows up alone. He's always got this big crew with him, right? He always shows up with this massive, you know, movement of people, and Peter was probably there, too. You don't know how Peter is, right? Where's the food at? I'm hungry. Somebody feed me. It's time to eat, man. What's going on? You know, loud mouth and boisterous and doing all the stuff, and, you know, everybody's just shaking their head. But, man, she, she invites him in, but then she immediately goes to work. She immediately starts throwing the laundry in the basket. She immediately starts sweeping the floor. She immediately goes to begin to prepare, you know, the meal to serve the people. But because it's, it's this, you know, uh, in Jewish culture, man, you had to provide the, the meal to them. You had to do all the rituals. You had to, to be, you know, uh, uh, the, the best host that you could be. And a lot of the family's reputation was kind of uh, uh, stood on that. And, and so they wanted to do the best they can to present, you know, their home and everything to Jesus in the, in the best way that they possibly could. And she gets all busy and she's scurrying around and she's doing all the things and she's doing all the stuff. And, and she can't kind of get away. She can't kind of get away from this mindset of, of, of wanting to serve him, uh, of wanting to serve him. And, and I'm sure she's glad Jesus showed up, but maybe not right now. Dude, do you ever want Jesus, but maybe not right now? I mean, you ever want Christ in your life, and you want the things of the Holy Spirit, and you want what God could provide, but maybe he could wait a little while? I mean, maybe not right now. Maybe I'm not quite finished what doing what I was doing right now. Maybe if he could just wait a little bit. Yeah, Jesus, I want your promises of eternal life. I want this sanctified Holy Spirit-filled life. But maybe if you could just wait just a little while till I'm ready. Till I'm ready. Will you ever be ready? Let me tell you this, man. With Jesus, you got to expect the unexpected because he's liable to show up any time, day or night. And so Martha's not quite ready for Jesus. She's not quite ready for Jesus. But Mary, oh, Mary. Mary was excited to see Jesus. When Jesus showed up at the house, all of a sudden, nothing mattered to Mary anymore. Not, not home, not food, not ritual, not tradition, not, not social, you know, you, know, you know, lifting up or anything like that. Nothing mattered to Mary except Jesus. And so she abandons everything else and just goes and immediately falls at his feet. And, and is just there and she plants herself there. She, she plants herself there at his feet, man. Doesn't matter if it's dusty in the floor. Doesn't matter if there's stuff laying there or not. She finds her spot at the feet of Jesus and that is where she plants herself and that's where she stays. And Martha's preparing the food, and Mary is at the feet of Jesus. You know why? Because Mary gets something that I think too many of us forget. The man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God can somebody say amen. And that's where we get our sustenance, and that's where we get our worth, and that's where we find everything that we could possibly need in our lives is right there at the feet of Jesus. Mary gets in. Martha gets frustrated with this. Because Mary's curled up at the feet of Jesus and 
And Martha starts to get upset. And she's going and she's doing all the things and she's doing all the stuff and she's running around and she's making the preparations and she's doing everything that she needs to do to serve the meal, to care for the people, to make sure that her home has the reputation that it needs to have. Like she's doing, you know, all the stuff that she needs to do to make sure that everything is in its place and everything is taken care of and all the I's are dotted and all the T's are crossed and everybody is taken care of the way that they need to be taken care of. And Mary's sitting there. And She's not doing a thing, and she's not lending anything to the household. She's not helping out with the event. She's not doing anything that she needs to do to be able to make all this happen. And she gets frustrated, and she gets so frustrated, she's willing to go to Jesus. She's like, Jesus, can you believe that she's just sitting there while I'm slaving? Tell her to get up and help me. I have to admit, I've been there before. Let's just be real. I said we're being real today, right? I've been there before. You know, there's been times in this building where it's been midnight and I'm in here with just my wife taking out trash and mopping floors and cleaning bathrooms. And I have to admit with you, I'm just being honest. Sometimes in those moments, I was like, where's everybody at now, God? I mean, they were here before when the music was playing and the testimonies were going off and the altar was full of people. Where are they at now? And I've been frustrated. I'm just not going to lie. Not lately. But in this building, I don't know where's everybody at. And here I am with just her, just her, you know, sweeping the floors and doing all the stuff. And I get it. And if anybody here has ever felt like that, I know some of you have. I know some of you here have served on our cleaning team here. And, and some of you have done some events with us. And some of you have been out there when it was just us. Or just you. Out there just doing it, wondering where's everybody at. I get it. Jesus don't. He doesn't get it. I get it. I get it. Because it's easy for me to be tempted like that. Jesus doesn't get it. Jesus is not taking that excuse. He doesn't get it. Jesus is sitting in the chair, man. And Martha's like, tell her to help me. And Jesus says, Martha, Martha. Martha, Martha. Man, you're worried about all this stuff and all these things. Let me take this moment to remind you that only one thing is needed. Of all the stuff that's going on in your life, of all the stuff that's going on in your mind, of all the stuff that's going on out there in the world, you're letting it consume you. You're letting it rule you. You're letting it become the object of your thought pattern, which means it's the object of your adoration, which means truly it's the object of your worship. And you're letting all these things define you. Let me remind you that only one thing is needed. And guess what? Mary just found it. Can somebody say amen? Yeah, man. Give God praise. Mary just found it. One thing. We make it too hard. We make it too hard, man. Only one thing is needed. The rest of the stuff is ancillary. The rest of the stuff is add-ons. One thing. One thing. 
one out of all the stuff in all creation, out of all the stuff that we ever thought in our lives was important, one thing is needed. We may want all kinds of stuff, but we only need one. We may want lots. We may desire all the things that the world has to offer. But I'm here to tell you today, you only need one thing. And he is the Lamb of God and the Lion of Judah. He is the first and the last. He is the King of glory and the perfect sacrifice. He is your Savior, your King, your God, your everything. And his name is Jesus Christ. Can somebody praise him at the Way Church today? I mean, can you praise him today?